Imagine, a comedic podcast influenced by black culture that dwells into politics, mental well-being, pop culture, and information America doesn't want you to know. For Real For Real Radio provides valid points of view to help simplify and bring awareness to your world. Our only rule, don't, don't forget, forget to, to laugh. laugh. Welcome, Welcome to, to For Real For Real, Real Radio. You're listening to For Real For Real Radio. What's up, guys? Welcome to For Real, For Real Radio. My name is Ree. And I am Ali. <laughs> and welcome to the show. Welcome, welcome. All right, how you been doing this week, man? Ooh, um, really good, actually, really good. So, uh, recently, I just did an escape room. Like another one? What? Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that, but yes, another one. Bro, you be killing them escape rooms. I love doing me some escape rooms, ain't gonna lie, like. No, good. <laughs> no, you remember that uh, that one I showed you, like where you in the room and you got to be quiet, and the man, like if he touch you, then you like you out or whatever. If See, you can't find a clue in time. <sighs> I want to do a skate room like that. That shit sounds fun. I'm good on that. When I'm in a room <laughs> or when it's like me and my friends, I want it to just be me and my friends and nobody else. You also oh, basically you scared. Basically, yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Uh, man, like we should really like go to like a really like good scary haunted house or some shit for Halloween. Oh, um, how do you feel about corn maze? <laughs> the corn maze, I corn maze. I don't really care for um, for the corn maze. We gotta go to some shit where you gotta sign a waiver. I, what is that? The <laughs> that's the standard. That's the minimum standard. Yeah, if I if we ain't gotta sign a waiver, then, then it ain't it's gonna not be worth our though. time. Because if they can't touch me, what I'm gonna be scared for? What? Why? If I'm, if I'm just walking around and you can't even put your hands on me, I ain't gonna never be scared. That's why haunted houses ain't even scared no more. It's like I know you can't touch me. Right. So like, why I don't I want scared? you to touch me. Why would I pay? I'm not paying for someone to touch me. I'm not paying for someone to grab and scare me. That's not why I'm here. I don't get y'all, but okay. That's the point. That's the point of going. So you you going just for somebody to say ah ah. See, <laughs> that's why I'd much rather do a scary themed escape room in which, like, you know, you find some creepy things or whatever, and then you have some jump scares in there. But you also know there's no other person that's going to be crazy. No, and have a man walking behind you silently with a mask on. Mm-mm. I'm good on that. Oh, if you make a sound or yeah. if he see you. Like niggas was hiding up under blanket, it was fire. Mm-hmm. Oh no! One thing that we really that. need to do what? Because we know we've been talking about like a road trip or whatever. Mm-hmm. We need to go to Tennessee and go to this shit called um, it's called um Dollywood. No, no, what? No, <laughs> <laughs> no. It's uh, it's like it's a it's like a game. It's a um. It's a game where like the floor moves and like you gotta like jump over the lines and shit. Word. Yeah, Four like names. and like it's like forty levels. It's um I forget the name of it, but um the like you play different games with your friends and like really anybody makes it to the last level. Is it's, it a building? Is it a park? Like what you mean? What you mean? It's like a thing. It's like you go into this room and like uh, the floor is like little moving tiles. 
and like let's say like um, the rest of the floor is black, you can stand on the green ones, and it give you some more green spots you can step in. But it also got a moving red line that if you get caught on the line, then you out, and of course you're out of the room. But if you and all the team make it, or if you make it, then uh, you know you move to the next level, and then it gives you another like little challenging floor puzzle. Ah, in Gatlinburg, Activate Games. Yes, Activate Games, exactly. An active gaming experience. You can book. Okay. All right. All right, now. Look at this. Yeah, that's a little funny. Show. All right, all right. I was like, I'm down for that. I like that. I like that a lot. Actually, that looks that looks super dope. And yeah. I didn't realize I was in Gatlinburg. I've been to Gatlinburg, and I don't know how I missed something like that. I'm mad I don't have nothing like that in, like, Georgia. Like they should have something like that locally or something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But anyway, <laughs> let's go ahead and get into our trending topics. We've been rambling long, long enough. <laughs> okay. Trending topics on For Real For Real Radio. All right, first up on trending topics this week. Um, I guess, I guess I'll bring this up. Um, India Ari is in the news yet again for talking about Joe Rogan and his N-word controversy. Um, she says that he is unconsciously racist after backing him up and saying that he was not racist previously. So now he's racist again because like, he came out and said, oh, he felt like he was a victim of a political hit job. So she was like, um... Oh, well, you know, you use the word for your benefit and you know, like, you know, the impact it has. So you're consciously making the decision to do it, making you a conscious racist. I'm just like, ah, okay. All right, Andy, enjoy your camera time. <laughs> I'm interested in those remarks only because I think it's interesting to think about, you know, did someone purposefully use racial slurs or a racial term just to get views just for the sake of shock value? That in itself is racist, sure, but, um, you know, that I think is interesting. Um, but that's the only thing I think is interesting. I don't really care too much about Joe Rogan in the first place, so. Yeah, and I'm tired of, in, like, make some good music. And, like, let's hear about you for that. <laughs> Do we know if her music was um, able to get taken away from Spotify? Is she? Well, you know, a lot of artists don't have control over their music. Like, you know, they sell it, like, for publishing and a lot of, like, you know, to get it out there for commercial purposes and stuff like that. So a lot of times they don't own their music to have control to do that. Like, they, like, make the song and they sell it. And, or maybe they have a record deal where you made the song and we done gave you your money in advance and you just basically recoup or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. So That's she, unfortunate. So she doesn't own her music and Universal has already told her no. Well, I suppose on the positive side, that means I get to keep India Irie on my playlist. So, <laughs> you know, I ain't gonna yeah, pretend like I'm too upset about that, yeah, but I do. Because you listen to India Irie. What? Nothing. I got like a couple of like songs on my play. I'm not saying I have like albums now. I'm, you I'm got not. two songs? What? Like two? Um, two. two or three. <laughs> two. Two or three. <laughs> um,. In the my hair. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's know. the only song I know. That's that's like that was the most dramatic. Uh, and like the India Irene. That song did not age well. 
But anyway, uh, moving on. Danny Lay's brother, she's... Um, oh, I don't know if you remember last week how we were talking about Danny Lay and her brother. Um, yeah. Yeah. And the baby getting into a fight at the bowling alley. Right. When, so, um, you remember jumped, how... Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you remember when I was like, oh, he's not going to get sued. They just going to fight and it ain't going to go nowhere and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was dead ass wrong. <laughs> I was dead ass wrong, bro. He's suing. He's suing the shot, the baby. He claiming like physical harm and like that he got like a disability, like that he uh, his life is not the same now after the beat down, all of this stuff. So now it feels like he was just doing it for a cash grab and like you know all that popping online. Now you're suing. Funny, very funny. I mean, you do get damaged after a fight. And especially when you have, like, you know, what, four people get onto you. I mean, but if I showed a video, like, of you, like, saying, hey, when I see you, I'm going to fight you. And then you walk up and, like, my bodyguards beat you up, which they are licensed to do, I'm sure. Do you really have a case? I don't Mm -hmm. know. I, I guess that's what the courts are going to decide in this lawsuit. <laughs> well, this is a civil lawsuit, so sure. well, probably not going to go nowhere. I mean, who knows? You know, that's, it, that's what the court will decide in their civil suit. Yeah, yes, you're right. That's what the courts will decide. <laughs> all right, moving on. Y'all. Uh, Coachella, they decided to drop all of their COVID-19 precautions. So I originally was going to say something negative about Coachella, but I'm going to leave Coachella alone. It's fine. Let Coachella do what they want to do. What you, what you was gonna say about Coachella? Right, like you know, I was just listening to a song um, today talking about um, we. I think we hooked up at Coachella, um, which I feel like is a common line, anyways. But you know, so that's my impression of Coachella. Just all these casual references and uh, music and stuff. But it's all good. Y'all go have fun. I mean, I think it's awfully dangerous, but it seems like everybody is. <laughs> it, it seems like everybody is kind of like moving away from COVID nineteen precautions at this point. Anyway, it seems like you know the economy is and money is kind of like money over everything because we kind of open back up too early anyway because of economy economy purposes. So I think that this is just another way of them saying like "fuck it," we can open a full throttle. Especially since they know for a fact that a lot of these blue states are going to be adopting what they call like the endemic mm-hmm. um, phase of the pandemic. Where we're going to move back to, to normal life because herd immunity. <laughs> but, you know. I really don't like to see like how we've handled COVID as we've seen like which groups are affected. Like the majority is affected. We all go to lockdown. Oh, okay. It's only affecting people of color and black and brown communities. All right, cool. Well then we're going to reopen up our restaurants and our nail salons and um, everything else. Fast food restaurants, which hardly ever close anyways. Then it's like, Oh, it's only affecting people with disabilities and chronic health conditions. And we're like, Oh, okay. Well then let's start the Let endemic. <laughs> let's do it. Like <laughs> let them die. It's like basically awful. Fuck your grandma. Mm, truly, <laughs> truly. But uh, that's crazy. But um, I you know I would think after the Travis Scott incident, instead of focusing on ending COVID nineteen precautions, they will focus on maybe how to make the concerts safer and how to attend to people who are playing for help in the audience. Oh, instead of just all instead of scapegoating that all on Travis Scott, like things don't happen in festivals. But 
that's another conversation. I just want us to be able to be like in super domes or whatever in concerts. Like, obviously, I watch a lot of cartoons. Like on um like Daft Punk music videos, like or Sponge. I mean, right? Why not? Why not? And then everyone can be in like their own separate domes. That's my job. I'll, I'll take an entire SpongeBob album. Okay, let's move on. We on? <laughs> no, nah, but uh, for real. All right, let's move on. So, um, Florida woman has been arrested. Well, before I read you the headline, okay. So you know, these PPP laws have been running rampant. Like people getting arrested rather have been, you know, making a lot of headlines. For example, you know, you got one guy who used it to go to the strip club and. Uh, buy a Lamborghini. Uh, Mercy. Use this shit to go buy cars. I don't. I don't understand. Uh, one guy bought an alpaca farm. Um. Yeah. One guy bought a tiger. People are buying like exotic animals. Um, not a tiger. Not see. That's that Tiger King influence. Y'all over here getting animals that you don't have any business having. Yeah. Uh, this one lady. She bought a house and a couple of cars. Uh. Mm. <laughs> And that's just like to name like a few like things people are using the money on that you know they don't actually have businesses. Um, but this woman in Florida, she decided to use her PPP loan money to hire a hitman. Yikes. So uh, let's <laughs> let's go into the clip. <laughs> we begin tonight with startling new details in the murder of a TSA agent. Good evening, I'm Juwan Strader. And I'm Jackie Nesprow. Police say a woman paid a hitman in PPP loan money, and that's just one of the outrageous allegations. NBC6 reporter Ryan Nelson is in Northwest Miami-Dade with the details tonight. The warrants revealed a tangled web of allegations, including murder for hire, fraud, and witness tampering. Police say 33-year-old Jasmine Martinez mastermind the murder-for-hire plot bankrolled by PPP loans that left 24-year-old Lashante Jones dead in May. Jones, a TSA officer, was gunned down at the Snaranja apartment complex in front of her daughter. Investigators say it all started in November 2018 when Martinez was arrested for allegedly beating up Jones. Just over a year later, the warrants say Jones was robbed at gunpoint in the courthouse parking lot by two men, including Martinez's ex-boyfriend friend Kelly Nelson after testifying against Martinez. About a year later, the warrant says Nelson called Martinez from jail. The warrant quoting Martinez in that conversation as saying that she is ready to go kill this hoe while referring to Jones and quote Jones has to die. The warrant also accuses Martinez of harassing Jones and offering her money not to testify against Nelson, who has children with Martinez. But the warrant says Jones still made her deposition in April, testifying not only against Nelson, but to the alleged witness tampering by Martinez. In late April, police say Martinez's new boyfriend, 35-year-old Ramil Robinson, finalized a murder-for-hire deal from jail with alleged shooter 29-year-old Devon Carter. Robinson's accused of negotiating a price for the hit over the phone while speaking in code. The warrant says, quote, Robinson asks if he can get the number 10 jersey. Carter responds that it is usually 20 to 25. Days later, Jones is shot and killed. According to the warrant, cell records reveal Carter and Martinez in the area of the killing at the exact same time. Detectives also say they found video on Carter's phone of him counting cash hours after the murder, saying it was just another day at the office. Attorneys representing Martinez and Robinson say Martinez has denied any involvement since she spoke to investigators this past summer and say Robinson had nothing to do with it. 
Ryan Nelson, NBC6 News. The stupidest thing, the like the dumbest thing about this story to me is that they literally plotted the whole thing over prison phones. I'm disappointed, that's all. I'm just disappointed. Y'all just ignore me. The whole thing plotted over over prison phones. But anyway, moving on, moving on. Um, that'll be the end of our trending topics for today. Those were trending topics on For Real For Real Radio. <laughs> bro, I should have got me a PPP loan. <laughs> a what? A PPP loan, bro. Like, everybody got them shits. And, like, a lot of people getting, like, I don't know if they're getting away, but they sure locking them up faster than they're locking up the people who stormed the Capitol. Ooh, don't do that. Anyway, don't let's, do that. <laughs> let's go to breaking news. <laughs> It's time for breaking news. Breaking news on For Real For Real Radio. All right, first up on breaking news. Russian figure skater cleared to compete at Beijing Olympics despite testing positive for uh, for doping. Yeah, so just so we can get a little bit of context, let's get into the clip. To the doping scandal rocking the Olympics, the 15-year-old Russian figure skater taking the ice this morning, but facing fierce backlash after she was cleared to compete despite testing positive for a banned substance before the Games. Maggie Ruley is there in Beijing with more. Good morning, Maggie. Hey, Robin, good morning. You know, it's hard to overstate the significance of what's happening here right now. It's being called the biggest scandal to ever hit the world of figure skating. This morning, 15-year-old Russian figure skater Kamila Valieva returning to the ice, stumbling during her triple axel, but still pulling off an impressive performance, coming in first place of the first leg of the women's figure skating competition, hoping to get a gold, despite testing positive for an illegal performance-enhancing substance before the Games. The IOC now saying that Valieva claims there was a mix-up with her grandfather's heart medication. I was not in this hearing, and uh, I don't know if you the... Uh, her argument was this uh, contamination which uh, uh, happened with a product uh, her grandfather was taking. He presented elements which brought some doubts about uh, her guilt. International court deciding she can still compete while they investigate further. In response, the IOC saying if Valieva lands in the top three, there will be no medals handed out until the investigation is complete. In an interview with Russian TV Channel One, Valieva's emotional, saying these days have been very difficult, but she's happy she can perform. Many sports critics and athletes are concerned Valieva's just the latest example of blatant disregard for clean sport by Russia, including former Olympic skater Adam Rippon, who won bronze in 2018, and is here at these games coaching American Mariah Bell, who's competing against Valieva in the women's individual event. Is it overshadowing these games, do you think? Totally. This is completely unprecedented that there's an athlete in the competition who's tested positive. It's completely against the moral code of being an Olympian. This ruling has failed the athletes so miserably. Shakari Richardson, the U.S. sprinter and gold medal favorite who tested positive for marijuana and was suspended ahead of last year's summer games, calling out the double standard. The difference is the two countries. If, if USADA, the U.S. Anti-Doping Agency, had the Valieva case. So let's say she's an American. The moment that positive test would have come out, 
they would have told her, you're going home? And guys, experts we talked to here say this investigation could go on for months, meaning there may be no medal ceremony anytime soon. Robin? Truly is overshadowing the games. All right, Maggie, thanks. I like how they say she was stumbling. She she stumbled. She uh she had to stumble to make it seem like them jurors and help out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, 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 I almost didn't get it. I pulled it off. <laughs> uh, I think that was just uh, interesting, just because um, you know, I how isn't the Olympic rules not like across the board? How is it not an international committee like that is over this shit? Because she shouldn't be allowed to. To compete, Russia repeatedly gets caught with people doping up, and now she gets caught. Shakari Richardson got caught with some weed, with a little weed, which don't make you faster. She run track, <laughs> right? <laughs> and you know she's suspended, she booted. And the difference is the country, and she couldn't even compete. But the other girl get to compete. But if she win. She don't get no goal, but it's like, I won. <laughs> Two, like, the fact that even though there's different jurisdictions, so I understand why it works out that way. We're talking about a country a country whose athletes, again, have actually gone through this multiple times in the past. We're also talking about a country, didn't the athletes um, at one point had to, like, compete without the Russian banner? These things have happened, and yet we sort of let them happen. We have hopes that eh, next time they'll it's better. It's going to be better. But in the case of Richardson, we didn't give the same grace, is what I noticed. Oh. Nope. She was grieving. She lost her mom. And this girl, oh, I accidentally took my grandpa medicine. They probably got his name on it. I do think something needs to be said about maybe... Um, so I've done a little, I asked the question of what exactly the drug was that this uh, figure skater was taking. Mm-hmm. And basically what I found was uh, this cardiologist, Eugene DePascal, gave an, uh, an interview on NPR. And he said, the drug helps in the metabolism of fatty acids. And by doing so, it can actually help the ability of the body to use oxygen, which can help performance and help relieve some chest pains brought on by the blockage of blood vessels so if she needs this medicine then it makes sense that she would need to take it right although they said it was an accident and it was a switch up so i don't know but there's dispute on whether or not this drug actually does enhance your performance or if not because in some cases right like this could be to help save people's lives or keep people um healthy well, if it's in question, because we know we don't do shit. If that shit in question, then you can't compete. Right. We should definitely question sort of the policies, who's regulating which drugs are performance enhancing and blah, 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 and who's deciding these. Yeah, definitely that. Yeah, yeah. But fuck them. I ain't watching the Olympics anyway. Yeah, well, shame. I don't watch sports, so. You don't watch sports? Man, I don't really watch. I don't watch sports. No. I love sports. No. Now I might, you know, I play soccer, football, or basketball with some friends, but I'm not going to sit there and watch a game. I'm good on it. You know, I can understand that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so moving on to our final breaking news topic of today. 
Prince Andrew, an accuser of Virginia, settled this sex abuse lawsuit. So, um, as we had reported on a while ago, um, Prince Andrew and his sexual accuser of Virginia, basically she, you know, accused him of sexual assault. And she had, she has been accusing him for about two decades now. And um, it actually finally got somewhere. He was about to be pulled to... He was about to be pulled to New York courts. And then she, she fucking settles. And I'm just like, what the fuck? But um, a little context for you guys before we give a little bit more detail. This morning, Prince Andrew's dramatic legal settlement. Headline news around the globe. He has managed to avoid a trial, which I would think would have been... I mean, probably one of the most damaging encounters that the royal family has had in recent memory. In the agreement, Prince Andrew does not admit liability, but it does not clear his name either. According to a legal filing made public Tuesday, the prince declaring his regret for his relationship with the late Jeffrey Epstein and commending the bravery of Virginia Jufri and other survivors of sex trafficking. Jufri has long claimed she was sexually assaulted by the prince when she was 17 years old, trafficked by Epstein and his confidant, Ghislaine Maxwell. Prince Andrew, of course, denies that this ever happened. He denies that it ever happened, and he's going to keep denying that it ever happened, but he knows the truth. Prince Andrew will pay an undisclosed sum to a charity Jufri chose, supporting victims' rights. But this morning, questions over why the case was settled so quickly after two decades of damage. Virginia Jufri says she was first assaulted by Prince Andrew in March 2001. In 2010, Andrew was photographed with Jeffrey Epstein after Epstein was released from prison. In 2019, Epstein was found dead in his cell after being rearrested and charged with trafficking. That same year, Andrew, who has repeatedly denied Jufri's allegations, recorded an interview with the BBC, widely viewed as a disaster. In it, he said he did not remember being photographed with Jufri in this now infamous picture that would have been a key piece of evidence in any trial. Didn't happen. I, I can absolutely categorically tell you it never happened. I have no recollection of ever meeting this lady. None whatsoever. Then in January, Prince Andrew lost a bid to have a New York court throw out the case and was stripped by the Queen of his royal patronages and the title, His Royal Highness. And just two weeks ago, a date was set for Andrew to give evidence under oath. Now, in the legal settlement, he says he never intended to malign Virginia Jufri's character. This morning, a lawyer for several of Jeffrey Epstein's accusers called the agreement a victory, saying, we salute Virginia Jufri's courage. All right, yeah, so... I can't stand that. Yeah, so I, I don't know who she is, but oh, here you are taking a picture with her. I've never seen her before in my life. I can't stand that. <laughs> I can't stand the royal family, first of all. First and foremost, I'll just say, like, the royal family, all of them. They all, like, what? Please. Okay. That's... Mm, I'm over it. <sighs> it's just funny, really, like, how everything kind of is just going to get brushed up under the rug. Is the settlement that they donated him the money to charity, or does she get money? Like the settlement is going to be whatever is decided in those closed doors out of the court, apparently between those lawyers. But we should understand a lot of times, like you know, the settlements aren't always that great, and those are sometimes forced. 
sometimes she like the victims or survivors don't really have too much of a say. I mean, it's a pretty expensive to go to court and I'm sure that the legal team of someone who's in the royal family is going to make sure that trying to get him into an American court in the United States courts, you're going to pay a hefty fine. You're going to pay a lot for that along with whatever else the royal family might have at their disposal. Mm, who knows? Who knows? So in context, this is a part of the larger sort of Jeffrey Epstein sex trafficking ring. What we had was the same, one of the victims of that ring, Virginia Jufri. I've been practicing her name, Virginia Roberts Jufri. <laughs> <laughs> Um, she's come forward as one of the survivors of the sex trafficking ring. And so she's been going after people. So we know that Jeffrey Epstein uh, died under mysterious circumstances in his prison cell, which just means that he didn't kill himself. He was murdered. Um, after that, we know that the lawsuit against um, what homegirl's name is Maxwell, Jishlin Maxwell, Gielan Maxwell, Gielan Maxwell. Uh, Ghislaine, Ghislaine, her name is kind of, I can't do it, but Ghislaine Maxwell. Hmm? Gildadine Maxwell, whatever her name is. Yeah, but um, Ghislaine Maxwell, uh, she was also in court under the same, for the same thing. She was trafficking these victims. She was grooming victims. She was flying young girls in and out off the island and things like that. So she went to court under her involvement and then she got convicted. And then during that time, Jufri went after um, Prince Andrew. And then now we see how that turned out. And it took a lot just to be able to get him to um, get the settlement or no, just to get the charges even go through. But anyways, and now it's all just going to amount to nothing. These people are going to stay hidden in the shadows and it's just, it's weird. I don't think it amounts to nothing because names have been revealed Charges have been made. There are paper trails. There's documentation. So titles have been removed. I I don't give a damn about his titles. <laughs> um, I don't give a damn about the royal family. So I think in that sense, there might be something to be said for all this. It's just disappointing to see that these are powerful people. And so if you think that we're going to be able to get all these rich folks and if this was any of us like working class folks, there's no way. That's all I got to say. There's just no way. No way at all. But, you know, when you're rich, like, you can do anything, no matter what country you live in. If you got enough money to throw at it, you can make it happen. Mm-hmm. Basically. Basically. Well, anyway, guys, that's our final breaking news topic for today. Man, fuck the royal family. <laughs> and that was your breaking news. On For Real For Real Radio. All right, guys. And our main topic that we're going to go over for the week. The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air reboot. Bel-Air. Bel-Air. Have you watched it? Yeah, I'm all caught up. Oh, that's that's my shit. Listen, though. Like, okay. It, it grew on me. I'll say that. You didn't like it at first? It's not that I didn't like it. It's that I had to really separate it from the original Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. That's I had to sort of look at it in its own light. That's what makes me love it so much because it 
put me like in such the mind of the old show. Like just this, I like how it's just like the old show, but just like with a new spin. The characters are modernized. Mm-hmm. Like they are a little different. Some of them are way different. Yeah, I kind of like how they've been doing the personalities of each characters. It's not that the characters are, you know, the different person. The personalities are different. It's just I don't know. They highlight different things. Yeah, like uh, like Will. I think this Will, the new version of Will, is a little bit more aggressive than the old version. I guess you know he was a little goofy because he was a comedy, but this Will is ready to fuck your shit up. Right. They're gonna highlight actually how some of his situations have impacted him negatively and they're gonna and they're gonna highlight those negative emotions like all of his aggression i think that's pretty cool yeah and then like um he got arrested this time like i don't think he got arrested i mean you know we really saw the backstory we saw the backstory later in the seasons mm-hmm. of the of the original show mm-hmm. and uh, you know in the in the intro we see him throw the ball and the guy get hit in the face so i think it was funny how they just like made that a whole first episode the guy got hit in the face with the ball, and they end up in jail, and Uncle Phil pulled some strings. Mm-hmm. You know, a funny thing, you know how this came about? How? So uh, there was this guy, he uh, he made a trailer. It wasn't even a real show, but uh, he said he made a trailer. It took him about two days to write it, and, um, you know, then he had to figure out the actors and all that. Uh, he made a trailer for the show, basically, um, where he basically put a dramatic spin on the first Prince of Bel-Air. Same story. Same characters, just a more modern spin with a dramatic twist. So he made a trailer, and, like, it blew up so much to the fact, like, to the point people thought it was a real show. I thought it was a real show, too. And I'm like, damn, like, I can't wait to see this shit. But then, like, you know, later on you find out that, like, oh, it's just some shit somebody made. they like, oh, shit. Morgan Cooper. So later, like, come to find out, um, you know, now that we have the show, Mm-hmm. Those two actually met like two days later. Will Smith flew him out, and uh, they started developing the show. And they actually got like the first two seasons ordered. Mm-hmm. So like, we're not just gonna get this one season and then hope for a renewal. They already got two seasons, so we're gonna get a good bit of the show before we have to worry about renewals and stuff like that. And he made the guy a writer on the show and an executive and executive producer, which is cool as fuck because he did not have to do that. Because he owned it, so he could have just, you know, did it on his own. Yeah, that's exciting. That's really cool for them. Like, that's a really off, um, interesting opportunity to have. Yeah. <laughs> have that it, take off like that. Yeah, it's just like, it's like, damn, like, just to think that you just, maybe like a filmmaking student, and you just have this cool idea, and then Will Smith himself calls you and like, hey, <laughs> hey, I love that shit. Why did I think of that? Like, let's work together. Oh, that's, that's so dope. Like, that's so dope. Like, that's inspirational as fuck. For real. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, like, the characters are cool. Uh, Carlton, uh, I hate Carlton, you know, just as we're supposed to, like we did in the original show. The drug problem is an, it's an interesting twist. I didn't see that. I thought he was going to be, like, gay or something. But, <laughs> but that's an interesting twist. I recall in Fresh Prince of Bel-Air that Carlton did have that issue with drugs. I don't recall if it was an ongoing thing. What? Um, he did? Yeah. Uh, I remember just like the particular episode when that kind of came out. Uh, um, I don't remember that. But yeah. I, mean, I don't remember all of that show. That was a while ago. 
Um, I do notice that, so Carlton is a bit more antagonistic. I guess, I don't know, I've always viewed Carlton and Fresh Prince of Bel-Air as naive to things and doing things just because, you know, this is where he lives. This is a result of his upbringing and his environment. And he is, you know, he misses a lot of these cues, whereas Will obviously does not miss these cues because he needs to survive. In this show, I feel like he's more of the the guy who he probably don't fit in with the black kids and he too, you know, he black. So he don't fit in with the preppy white kids. So he probably, he kind of, he trying to do it the best way he can. And, you know, has found some success to a level. And then you got Will who comes in and he have a little static at first because of you, but ultimately because of his natural personality and swagger, he like is getting everything that you want, which is, which I think is where the initial hate, like for where it comes from yeah and too i mean there's something to be said for the fact that carlton has spent time in this environment right he has bought his time he's making these connections he's kind of establishing his own sort of social network like his father and here comes will you know <laughs> being will and in will fashion taking over as he do which you know nothing wrong with that will's got to fit in here too but I, like um, one thing that I noticed was during the beginning episodes, you see that those two always come from the different stairs um, sides of the stairs. And then later on, you see that they're able to finally come on one side of the stairs. They're able to come up the stairs together. And so <laughs> I didn't even notice no shit like that. <laughs> like they've been put as very like adversarial for these um for this beginning. But did you watch it one time and catch that? Uh, I just noticed that, um, what episode are we on? Episode four is where we at. Yeah. I noticed that, you know, this episode I was like, oh, hey, look, they're getting along. And hey, look, they came up the stairs together. Oh, and he started calling him C too. I noticed mm-hmm. that. hmm But um, I, I like also in this one how Hillary isn't like super dizzy. Yeah. Yeah. They, they focus more on her business ventures. She's got a goal. She's got ambition. Let's say that ambition. Yeah, yeah. Her her social media, uh, and her business, or her trying to get her cooking thing off the ground. So that's pretty cool. I didn't. Uh, I don't know if she did like cooking in the first one. I don't remember her doing anything with the talk show, which I was hoping like she would go down more like the talk show element. I hope that her cooking fails, and then she gets pushed down that direction, just cause nostalgia. But you know, I. You know, they're gonna make their own like modern spin on it. Well, and I think too in the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, she did. She was going through, and that was kind of part of the ditziness of Hillary. She was just kind of brushing off through all these different career paths and options because she's rich, so she could just start off, and if she doesn't like it, then she'll quit or whatever. And I think they're doing the same thing here, but instead they're showing more of like. You know, she's young, but she does have ambition. She does want to do something. She's just looking. She's not ditzy. Right. Exactly. And that's pretty cool. Um, Ashley, you don't get to see too much of her. And so far, I guess she's going to be gay. Is what they look, look like, the direction they're going in. Um, It's weird. I kind of just because it's a child. What? You always, you always do that. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I, I just, I guess, I just didn't expect her to be the one. Not saying I guess there's nothing wrong with it, but it's just, I just didn't expect her to be the one to. I knew that was gonna make somebody gay on the show, 
but I didn't know it was going to be her. I was thinking Carlton. Why? Carlton was very much... Ashley, even in, like, the original Fresh Prince, was, you know, out here exploring her sexuality. It was just all hetero. It was just all little boys. But she's out here kissing boys at, like... Isn't it, like, some, like, iconic guy that she dated like then she had like her like staple I'm relationship ready, on the show oh, I'm ready to love is that him um oh okay uh I can't remember the, uh. she dated Steve Urkel one time didn't he? like didn't he cross over on the show <laughs> <laughs> um I'm really excited to see how they're gonna do these crossovers that's um uh, not crossovers but the um like guest stars I'm really hyped for that I mean you're gonna have to come through come big with that yeah oh what do you think about the new Jeffrey Oh, um, Jeffy's suave. He's suave as hell. I like suave, it. I like him. And, and, and apparently it will kill your ass. I mean, look. <laughs> you know, Jeffrey's the butler. Jeffrey's got to take care of things. He cleans up. Yeah, yeah. But overall, like, it's it's a really good show. Definitely encourage, like, anybody, like, who... Who, like... Definitely encourage anybody who, like, the original show... The original Fresh Prince to take a look is definitely a good modern twist on an old classic. It's it's a good twist, but it is a twist, and so it might not be everyone. Like one thing that put me off was um, there's not there are funny moments. There are moments that I smirked. There was a moment where I definitely like cracked up, but it's not the same as Fresh Prince of Bel Air, where it's a comedy. It's a sitcom. There's a laugh track. You're laughing most of the episode. Things are a little bit more serious. They're a little darker. And I know that that can be a little bit off-putting for some folks. Well, I think we're all pretty much expecting it to be a drama, you know? Mm-hmm. That's, that's, I feel like, you know, everybody kind of got like, you know, this is not funny. And who watches sitcoms anymore? Well. Who I watch sitcoms no more? Are sitcoms produced a lot anymore? Is that even... Jamie Foxx got one on Netflix. What? <laughs> him and his daughter. <laughs> oh, good for him. Yeah, they, they definitely make him. How did I miss that? Yeah, exactly. How did you miss it? How did I miss it? Because you don't watch sitcoms. <laughs> true, true, true. I watch cartoons personally, but Bel Air is good. If anime kind of cartoons, I watch them too. Um, I would say animation. I watch animation of all kinds. So, yeah. anime too. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Um, that's it for the week, you guys. Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of For Real For Real Radio. And until next time, take care. I'll see y'all. See you. <laughs>